Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ali. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Rumble. No Hello and welcome to the first Wrestle Talk podcast of 2020. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, here in 2020. This is the first podcast you and I have done in ages. How the devil are you? I'm very well. Yeah, I feel refreshed. I had a proper full on break. Oh. I did not, I, I, I was in on Christmas Eve. Uh, but then I got an Uber home, mm-hmm. which was remarkably only £32 mm. all the way to Kent. Reasonable. Which is why I argue that I don't live in the countryside, my parents. My no. lady partner thinks I live in the countryside. In Kent? In Kent. No. Because there's fields. And <laughs> I, te- I technically live in a village. But she genuinely lives in classical suburbs yeah. where it's just houses everywhere, but it's not the city. Uh, I I would argue I also live in the suburbs. Kent is the suburbs. I know, yeah. It, it, my Oyster card can get me to Swanley. <laughs> I then, sure, have to get a horse and cart to my house. <laughs> yeah. But I can get to Swanley on an Oyster. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, from that point onwards, I didn't really look at anything wrestling-based. And I opened up a new Google Chrome tab on New Year's Day when I was wrestling with a horrible hangover and what should pop up but Liv Morgan returns to pronounce her love for Lana. Oh, yeah. Rusev also burst through a cake yep. and there was a rubbish vicar. Yeah. Wow. Well, the vicar was quite good, I thought. Wow. It was a bonkers, bonkers finale to, to Raw. I was in, like, fits of hysterics at the time. It, and, and, like, because it was just... When Liv Morgan came back, I wrote in my notes, Liv Morgan returns. Then I stopped, and it took me a good <laughs> two minutes to be like, is that Liv Morgan? Yeah, because, right. What, be- what's, her face is different. Because I'll be honest, the crowd did not react. Yeah. The crowd had no idea who it was. 
and I and because she'd had a promo earlier I, that that video package that said to be continued. So mm. I was like, oh, cool. So it's is it Liv Morgan? And then she kept talking about how like she's been in WWE for ages, and I'm like, yeah, I think it's Liv. I'm going to say it's live for now, but I can check it later. I understand that makeup can have a wildly dramatic look on the person it's on. For example, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, when uh, Rosa switches up her makeup from, I think it's between season four and five. Yeah. She changes her mascara. She does. And she looks completely different. Yeah. It's weird. Like, not even the same person or she's had work done. But it's just a little bit of eyeshadow removed. I went down a YouTube video hole on that particular topic. <laughs> Why does Rosa look different? <laughs> and it was like, if you typed in Rosa, that was the first <laughs> auto-populated result. What's up with Rosa's face <laughs> in season four? We have this, like, when we were re-watching re it recently. And I said, this is the season where Chelsea Pratt is pregnant, right? Mm. And my wife was like, eh, maybe. So I quickly googled. Yeah, no, it yeah, is. Yeah. And but she had a moment earlier where she was like, "This is the season where Melissa is it Melissa Fumato, the person who plays um, Santiago." Yes. It's like I think this is the season where she's pregnant. And I was like, "Is she?" He was like, "Yeah, she looks completely different." Wow. Like, Does she? Googled it. Yeah, she was pregnant. So. Women, hey, <laughs> just be more. Just look the same more. <laughs> you can't keep changing your look so much. But yeah, Liv Morgan looks like. So the Liv Morgan in my head, sure, she's got the green tongue and the sort of Harley Quinn appearance mm. of the Riot Squad days. But she now looks like WWE's poster team have done a version of her. Yes, that's a really good way to put it. It was a fascinating live chat as well because and we had, as you'll have heard in this podcast, a lot of super chats about it. People have been very upset because every, well, I say everyone. A lot of people got it into their head that she was going to be Sister Abigail. Mm. And a lot of people thought, you, you're included of, of one point of this, there was going to be something supernatural about her character. And I was like, no, this is exactly what WWE has been <laughs> promising since day one. She's now hot blonde. Yeah. I guess fall, fall on us, hey, because we thought it might turn out to be something half decent. Well, it's, a, it's Paul Heyman booked yeah. Raw in 2019. I, as I said in my review, I'm surprised there weren't more lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to properly catch up with it because I, you know, reading about it, I think I would have had the same reaction as you, which is kind of sports entertained bafflement. I was, that's exactly what I said in, my, in, in about four minutes review. I was sports entertained. Like there are really problematic bits because like Liv Morgan coming back as a lesbian character professing a love for Lana is very problematic in 2019, yeah. particularly given Stephanie McMahon's interview from three years ago. Where, which well, is, we're getting those LBGQ plus <laughs> characters out there. Yeah, being told seriously, whereas this was like done to a cheap pop. Watching the crowd not get it was so funny mm. as well because she came out doing the pronoun game where she was like, the love of my life is standing in that ring. They have been by my side for these last few years. They have been the ones shown. And the crowd like, and the, the camera keeps coming to Bobby. And so the crowd are like, man, she's talking about, I can't believe she's having an affair with Bobby Lashley. Yeah. And then Bobby Lashley grabs the microphone and goes like, I've never touched this woman. And then Liv goes, I'm not talking about you. Everyone in the audience finally picked up. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, mm. from the second she came outside and played the pronoun game, it was quite clear she was talking about Lana. It's, and, well, maybe they, because they was the word of the year for 2019. Yeah. Merriam-Webster, they the decreed it as such. Yes, not a, but you know. Maybe they were just being more progressive. <laughs> Maybe they were. Yeah, but, totally, totally progressive. But again, it was a Paul Heyman booked angle in 2019. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I yeah. It's, it's, 
It's weird. <laughs> it's fun. Speaking of weird, we're going to get into some Christmassy stuff in a minute, but I thought I'd read this out because this came in from Scott, uh, who said, I know you guys are a bit iffy on the alien gimmick about Chris Statlander. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't realized until doing some research to her background that it's her chosen gimmick. So this is yeah. an argument we've had a couple of times where we've gone, I don't like the Chris Statlander gimmick. Where people go like, well, she's this is her gimmick. Surely we should be praising it because it's a gimmick of our own. Which I get is an argument, but just because she's chosen it doesn't mean I have to like it. Mm. Um, uh, she's been using it almost since the beginning of the Indies a short two years ago. Her Instagram is totally kayfabe. She spent a great deal of time and effort into building the gimmick, posting videos of trying human food and very other, various other silly vignettes. According to Cage Side Seats, her desire to keep the character is why she didn't sign with NXT. I guess it's hit or miss depending on the audience, but kudos to her for picking her path and not letting anyone convince her otherwise. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that's that's commendable that she's got an artistic vision that she's very uncompromising about. Uh, I... I, I I'm siding with NXT here. I don't think it's a good gimmick. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not keen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we've had quite a... Uh, we had a, a few emails in about the Christmas episode. Uh-oh. It's a big one. It was, but we... It was a big one. Um, I bet it was a real fun podcast listen. I'm, well, I'm, we, I'm pretty oh. sure we said various times over, this is oh. terrible for podcast listening. That microphone is absolutely... Dis- the microphone you're talking to is gross and disgusting. Oh, is this the one Pete spewed over? Well, he spat on He didn't spew oh. over it. He just spat on it. It was gross and disgusting. And this table is disgusting. Um, but I wanted to read this email in. We got in from Nate's drop surname, who says, uh, Hello to the entire Rest Talk crew. I'm writing to this as I sit here on Christmas Day, just me and my pup. Been that way for the last two years on Christmas. I'm not able to take time off work and fly back home for the holidays, and friends all have their own families during this day. As I struggle with anxiety and depression, it's especially tough around the holidays to not get down. But this year, it was easier than ever because I had the WrestleTalk Christmas special. Such a jolly time with the boys! Jolly time with the boys! And as much as you may think it's a crap video, it genuinely is entertaining and funny, even the terrible singing. I know it's been said by the SWAF Nation a thousand times, but I can't tell you how much I appreciate all the distractions and laughs and all the tough times you have got me through. So thank you for your great work, and I don't mean of the very adequate content you put out. Your best work has been creating this community where everyone is welcome, and even on the holidays, we can still feel connected to our little wrestling family. Hope you guys had a great day. I'm off to see Star Wars and meet up with some friends for a drink. Also, I'll be at the first episode of Dynamite of the year. Oh, amazing. Not sure if I'll be on camera, but I'll be on the stage by the ring. I'll bring some sort of support WrestleTalk sign. uh, hopefully have my new rest talk merch there just uh, just in case though thank you again keep on shopping nate drops son <laughs> keep on shopping uh, oh thank you nate of course he he uh, super chats in a lot as well i was wondering if he was the person who had yeah. the support wrestling talk sign it was like a, a few uh, rows back yes, maybe even and it, ringside and it was held up during sammy Guevara's yeah. promo which which really made me laugh and uh, he also uh, attached a picture of himself with his pup. Ah, with the puppy. Watching the Christmas special. That's a bit weird. All of us in our Xander Mania t-shirts. Yeah. Which are, you'll be happy to know, Xander, scrumpled up in a heap on the floor. One of them is. The other <laughs> ones are over there. I'm, I was going to wear it in a video, but I, I wore the um, Impact present that they got for us mm. instead. Hard to kill. Hard to kill. Um, we also had this in from Harrison who said uh, hi Luke and Ollie picture the scene it's Christmas morning 2019 I'm driving to my friend's house I decide to put on the Christmas podcast Uh-oh. only to hear literally everyone at Rest Talk laughing their asses off about finger blasting Mary Berry <laughs> what did we do <laughs> I don't remember that <laughs> You would, though. <laughs> In case you didn't realize by now, my, my last name is Barry. Harrison <laughs> Barry. Uh, guess what my mother's name is? Oh, no. <laughs> 
Mary. Janice. Yeah. So in essence, for Christmas, my favorite podcast gave me <laughs> I banged your mum joke on Christmas Day. Best Christmas gift I've ever received. Keep it up. It's from Harrison. It's the best one she received as well, <laughs> from what she said. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we'll get into the main show now. and We'll talk about Christmas stuff afterwards. So, um, hey. Ex WWE stars uh, did a debut uh, for the show as you. Eek, snail the ox, <laughs> Luke. Instead, AEW has finally become elite. Here is the show. The last time we saw Dynamite was that angle. With with the Dark Order, and it wasn't good for not, a multitude. Not Eric Cannon has been pointed out to me. <laughs> it was not good for a multitude of reasons. <clears throat> uh, one because of those punches delivered by Eric Cannon. A hundred percent. He's an indie wrestler who jokingly claimed that he did it, and but he he wasn't. I don't know. Wh- I I because I was out of the wrestling mm. news loop. Like when I take a break from work. I take a break from work. Like, I don't... You care. unplug. I unplug. I'm not keeping up with wrestling news. So that was my first day back. So I was kind of catching up on all the wrestling news. And I saw that and I read the... Uh, and I went through his Twitter feed. And his Twitter feed is all about him with worked punches. And I was like, okay, cool. So it was him then. And I, I went on to re- various wrestling websites. They all said it was him as well. I don't know where the story is that it was all a ruse and he was making it up. Yeah, I think he must have said it somewhere... Uh, but or yeah. someone else had said it, but I didn't. Say it was anyone was like, "You effing idiot! You absolute moron!" The amount of people got so hot about it. Yeah. Anyway, it wasn't him apparently. Uh, so that that dark order angle where they invaded the the main event segment, they laid the whole of the elite on the ground. So the Burks, Kenny Omega, Cody, Cody, yeah, and Dustin, well, and Dustin. It, it, look, whatever your thoughts on it, you cannot deny that a large portion of the fan base including JR... Oh, we did not like it. Didn't like it at all. No. And, like, they didn't just not like it. They actively hated it. Yeah, really. I, so. I didn't really care. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I just didn't think it was the best use of that. Yeah, I've seen 20 worse angles in 2019. I was, the, the thing I had a problem with was that they... They did that angle so early. I thought they should have held an invasion off until Revolution or maybe the night after. And it didn't have more high-profile wrestlers in. Well, like the Bucks and Kenny Omega. Well, no, just like... You, you, you know, mean the Dark Order themselves? Yeah, the Dark Order and two guys who whose whole gimmick is that they haven't won anything and I don't managed th- to lay waste to the entire main event scene. The majority of which has been on Dark. Exactly. Like, there's only been one of those losses on Dynamite. And then the week later... They had their video package. Then a week later, they're in the Dark Order. Anyway, so it was very poorly received. Uh, There was a huge storm. Something that actually caused the Young Bucks to quit Twitter. Yeah. They they quitter. They quitter. Quitter. Yeah. So that's sad. And, you know, it seemed like both both guys felt... And it's it's horrible to have so many people just saying what you're doing as an artistic endeavor is is wrong and crap and And, uh, all that stuff. All the, the biggest I can only imagine. <laughs> the biggest Mate, it's okay. It's all right. We're turning yes, yeah, twenty twenty is a new, 20, year. A new, new year, year, mate. It's a new year. We're okay. Um one of the biggest criticisms that Dynamite has had <laughs> since, since its debut um is that the elite aren't pushing themselves because they don't <laughs> want to Jeff Jarrett this. 
They don't want to be seen as, oh, you're only on top because you're the guys in charge, even though they are the most over. Like the Jarrett thing is Jarrett wasn't over to the level he was pushing himself at in TNA. So, but the Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody are way over and should be the main event scene. But they want to be like, no, 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 we don't want to be the main event. So instead, I'm going to lose to Jericho and I'm never going to challenge for the title again because I don't want to be in the world title picture. The Bucks are like, no, no, we're going to get knocked out in the first round of the tag title tournament. Kenny's storyline is, I am rubbish now, so I'm going to be putting over everyone. What they wanted to do was put over their new crop of talent that they've got in. Give Private Party a platform on a national stage and be like, yeah, they went toe-to-toe with the Bucks and beat them. They want to put over Pac. They want to put over the Lucha Brothers. They want to put over Hangman Page, Darby Allen, MJF. And so it's all been about putting themselves under so that other people can try and get over. But the the criticism that people have had is like, well, no, no, you are the main event draw. You should be the main event group. It's it's a very difficult situation because if they all went out there and pushed themselves to the moon, gave each other titles... That wouldn't be the answer either. No. So that, but I, I do agree that they went the wrong way. Like, don't have Kenny have a losing streak. What they did with Cody was fantastic. He cannot challenge for the title again. He's the most over baby face in the company. That one worked. I think the Bucks should have got further, at least to the, the finals. And I think Omega should just have been pushed to the moon as well. But not in not in a title scenario. Uh, and you should put over the younger guys. And they did a great job building some of them. But then they, they just get like the Dark Order and then, and then the Butcher, the Blade, the, Blade, and the Bunny. The and it's Wardlow. like, oh, Wardlow. So, oh, you've just, you've done it too much. But this episode opened with a recap package kind of of the last, well, the, the last, last year. year, really. Because so, it was next week's episode will be the anniversary of the official announcement of AEW as a promotion. Yeah, so the first thing that they showed on this video package was that Hangman page turning the phone around to the All Elite mm. um, logo and the Double or Nothing announcement. So, yeah, but next week is the official uh, yeah, the anniversary of the Jacksonville announcement. Yeah, so they kind of recapped the whole year and more prominently the, the storylines from the last few months on TV. And it just felt like they, you know, we're meant to be winning. This doesn't feel like winning. No. Defeat the elite. Yeah. So they, they framed that as the as the opening thing. It was a very good video package. Really, really nice. And then the rest of the episode was about doing what we've all been saying. Putting the elite at the top, giving them the best matches. Uh, you had Cody opening the show against Darby, Darby Allen, which was a, a cracking match. So I loved it. good. It wasn't as good as their 20-minute draw, but I loved everything they did in that. We'll get to it later. But the main event of uh, the Bucks and Kenny Omega in matching attire, so mm-hmm. proper elite-style faction, versus the Lucha Bros and Pack. Like, that's... What 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 a talent filled ring! And it was a, a bloody hell! Oh what God. a main event! Like I, I I said it in my five minute review, four minute review rather. This feels better be four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see my five minute raw review that went under four minutes? Yeah. <laughs> It was three minutes 59. Nice. I editor thought it was hilarious um, because I literally mm-hmm. go like probably went longer than five minutes. <laughs> no concept of time. Um, but I, I, I said in my in about four minutes review. I feel like this main event is what people were expecting every single week from AEW from the get-go. And I think this whole episode almost felt like a restart. Mm. Like a, they took a week off for the Christmas period and have used that time to really reflect and be like, okay, what have people said is bad about this show? Let's try and address that. 
people say that we don't do enough backstage interviews. So we'll do some backstage interviews in this. We're not doing enough in-ring promos. Let's we'll do some in-ring promos there. We're not having PWG bowler matches. Well, we'll have some bowler matches then. We'll have these big... And it felt like it was a really nice balance across the show of all of those things that, that people have criticized and be like, okay, well, let's, let's write this ship. Uh, when they were going down that list, did they stop just before sound mixing issues? E- well, I mean, uh, th- yeah. We'll get to that. We'll, well. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So, it, it, yeah, it was an absolutely cracking main event. Like, some of the stuff in it. I, I, I stopped taking notes I couldn't at, take at notes. a point because I, everything was so fast. But just trust me, there were a lot of knees. I think at one point, Phoenix jumped off the top rope. And somehow someone hit a hurricane rana in on him. <laughs> what? When he was coming, I just I, I still don't fully understand how that happened. I I mean, one of my notes here is that Nick gets the hottest tag I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. He runs effing. It was a big one. What? It was a it was a big one. Um, I loved the dual slingshot Canadian destroyers yeah, on, on the pack, bus. and then the stereo slingshot Canadian mm. destroyer on the Lucha Bros. Like, that was in a, one sequence because you had Nick, uh, Matt throw Nick into pack for the Canadian Destroyer. Then the pair of them went to the outside yeah. to slingshot themselves into the Lucha Brothers and do more Canadian Destroyers. It's one of those matches, I, and I, I wrote it here, I don't want it to end. Oh, so I good, could yeah. just watch this go on and on. And the whole match was spots, which is, that's what it is. It's a six-man main event tag, uh-huh. PWG style. Uh, if, if people don't know what PWG is, because we yeah. do live in a bit of a bubble, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, it's sort of the indie, North American indie darling promotion where a lot of these wrestlers, Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn yeah, ev- Cesaro, Dijak, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, everyone. The, the list goes on and on and on. Everyone who is your favorite wrestler right now and for the last couple of years has come through that, have, has had their best matches in PWG. People, when people keep saying to me, it's like, oh, this Lee Dijak series they've had in NXT is the best stuff. I'm like, it's not even, uh, yeah. it's nowhere near as good as the match they had in PWG. Because that's that, how good the stuff That's is. how good the PWG stuff was. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's what we were getting here. But the whole thing was based around, for me, that tension of when Omega and Pac finally stared, yeah. stared down. And when they started exchanging those strikes, all the context there, the blood feud that's been going on. And Pac still uh, wants his, uh, his rematch. Yeah, I'd, like them or going back match. and forth was amazing. I, I, I like that. Those, that strike exchange for me was better than anything else in this match. Yeah, but totally. that's not, it's just that's that and you also, the stuff with the most character in. You also had Hangman Page on commentary mm. to continue the storyline between him and Omega. I actually really loved the stuff they did with Page. Yeah, really Be- subtle. Because before this match happened, they announced next week it's Page and Omega versus Private Party. And Page goes like, I didn't even know that match was happening. Didn't mm. even know it had been signed. Like really... And it wasn't being like, oh my god, this company, like, oh, the company made a botch and he revealed that. It's all storylines. It's like, oh yeah, they're signing matches for yeah. me that I, I literally no interest in being a part of. There was a bit where JR said, these guys are the best wrestlers in the world right now. And there was a slight pause and Paige just goes, thanks JR. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, yeah. had a, he had a glass of whiskey yes. uh, that he was drinking. The, the, the storyline been drinking is, all night. Yeah, that he... He's sort of in a crisis of confidence right now. Yeah. Um, he wants... To, he, he has left the Elite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... It's, it's all good stuff. And that's how the show ended. Uh, Omega won with the one-winged angel. Great main event. Great finish. Crowd are going absolutely crazy for all of this because they're stars in the ring. And even... And Cody comes in as well. It's the Elite together 
finally beam the elites. That's what this whole episode was based around, that kind of soft reset. And and even in that moment of jubilant celebration, there's still a little bit of storyline work going on because they're inviting Paige to come down to celebrate with them in the ring. Yeah. But he's like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm okay up here, man. Yeah, it's cool. Really good stuff, though. Really yeah. enjoyed it, yeah. So it's oh, it just it ticks so many boxes for me. I, I thought it was excellent. Uh, it's not all great, though, I guess, because that huge Dark Order angle that you did sacrifice your the all these guys for, really, in that main event bit uh, from two weeks ago, wasn't addressed. At, it yeah. had that there was just a, one... A, apart from like the opening video package and the Dark Order promo, or the Evil Uno promo that we got midway through the show, mm. the, the Dark Order didn't come out and attack them at the end of the show. It wasn't followed up on in yeah. the traditional sense. So that, that to me, is bad storytelling. Yeah, okay, I um, agree. I totally get why they did it, mm-hmm. because... It, it just didn't connect with the crowd. And this shows that they're, they're willing to adapt for, for, the, for the best for your experience. I just, you don't want to get in the habit of having so many loose ends like that. So yeah. hopefully they find a way to, to tie up these knots. I was, right, I was thinking about um, this sort of like reset button. I was kind of wondering if, I, I was just thinking about this earlier, that I would, I'd imagine over this last you know, two week period where they haven't had TV or they've been building up to this new episode of TV, that Cody's been on the phone with Meltzer. Back in the day, that's what promoters used to do. Like Dusty would be on the phone with him. And Khan probably. Yeah, Khan. Long, long yeah. time subscriber. You know, Vince used to be on the phone with Meltzer. Bischoff used to be Cornette. Mm. All of these sort of like promoters <laughs> from back in the day would always be on the phone with Meltzer. Not to get like, oh my God, Meltzer, you're the king of knowledge. Tell me what we're doing wrong. It's the like, oh no, you've got a direct voice to a, a very, very like select few fans, yeah. like wrestling hardcore fans. What is it that they're saying about our show? And we can then feed that back and we can talk about this. I don't, I've got to wonder if Cody's been, and Khan, as you said, in that sort of same bubble of being like, let's call Meltzer. Let's see, what, let's see what the subscriber base is saying. I think those conversations have been going on since day one. Yeah, quite, quite uh, well, I, just, yeah. I just think you, so it's hard to properly reflect when you do have a weekly schedule. And you've got to, mm. you know, when the one show's finished, you've got to start thinking about the turnover for the next episode. But this two-week break seems to have been very, very beneficial for them to to realize and properly reflect on those first few months. Yeah, uh, yeah. But e- even just a twenty-four hour break can can do wonders for the mind. Mm. So it's it's very yeah. I'm I'm really excited, Fredo. I thought overall this was a very good show as well. Yeah, really good. I gave uh, it. A, we'll, we'll go over the ratings at the end. But I thought it was an excellent show. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Got your super chats to come very shortly, but first... Thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon, $25 a month or more, Paulie Dangerously Jarman. Hey, hey there he is. Top. Do you want to do the next one? Uh, the, the craftsman, Blake Quinnell. <laughs> yeah. Blake Carpenter. The $100 man, CD Horvath. I'll do the next one as well. The Kessel Run, well, You do it then. Yeah, it's fine. Yes. It's okay. We, we, we'll get there. The Rocket, Dan Van Sky. Thank you, Dan. Great voice. Justin, could you be any better than Matthew? Harry. Nice. Oh, Wonderwall. Brian Gallagher. Thank you, Brian. The mayor of Painesville, Dan. 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 New $100 backer. Float like a butterfly, Samad Ali. We've met him. What a guy. What a card. He's no jackass. Dano. He's not yeah. a jackass. No, at all. The Beast. Brock Taylor. Thank you very much, Brock. And Wrestle Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. Nice, very Thank nice. Very Good much. cheap pop. Have your su- 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 super chats to see what you guys thought. Uh, indeed, we're going to kick off with Michael Dominguez, uh, who said, "Why didn't Paige go down to celebrate with them?" Dark Order. Uh, I don't. Nothing on this show suggested to me that the Dark Order were gonna no. gonna feature in this stuff. Although, like, it does seem to be something that they they think can work because they tried it once in the pay per view era, didn't get over. They tried it again in the TV era, and it was working, but then they pulled the trigger too early. They misfired. Uh, And the Bucks have done an interview a couple of months ago saying that they think that the Dark Order has the most potential out of any of the acts in that company. I I imagine kind of like a Bray Wyatt fiend Mm -hmm. kind of potential, in their minds at least. It's only Wyatt family, yeah. Yeah, and as we've seen with Vince McMahon... If someone's so passionate about an idea, by God, they're going to keep trying it. Oh, yeah. And, they, they, you know, he finally got his hot blonde. <laughs> um, this is an interesting one from Ket. Uh, see what you think on this. Uh, Brit talking trash to Rio made me laugh. Like, get better in the ring before insulting other wrestlers. Her gimmick is trash. Uh, I, I don't agree with that at all, actually. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not into Brit, uh, Brit Baker, really. I don't. I don't think she's connected with the audience in the way they all hoped. I, I've said before that I don't like the dentist gimmick because how can you be a professional athlete and also another high level professional mm-hmm. at the same time? It stinks of you know mid nineties WWE. Gimmicks. Isaac Yankum. 
Yeah. 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 So I mean, I don't like the gimmick either. No, no, I'm not saying that I don't like a gimmick, but I don't think she's a bad. I don't think she's a bad in-ring worker. Like I would never say that she is. No, a, no. I'd never say she's a trash wrestler. No, 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 no. She's she's. I haven't seen anything that's made me excited. I do like the lock draw. I think that's quite mm. fun. But yeah. Well, Zach Icon Linda says good safe episode of Dynamite. Glad that Riho retained. Welcoming in the new year with the lads, 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 lads. <laughs> Lovely time with the boys. I safe? Would you call it safe? I um, guess in terms of listening yeah. to the audience, I would. I'd say safe is a good word like it sounds like it's a derogatory term but yeah. I, would, I would certainly say it in a positive yeah. light yeah, yeah. Um, and we'll have this last one from Glass Frame with a very generous donation who oh, says uh, hey gents happy new year I know AEW have a contract with ITV but do you think AEW could go to Sky Sports in the near future with <sighs> WWE going to BT became a Patreon last month and I'm enjoying oh. the extra content thank you thank very, you very much, much. Uh, no I think AEW are sticking with ITV as far as I know and as far as I've read they're very happy with their relationship that they've got with ITV. Probably could be better because they could get live, but ITV have got no interest in airing it mm. live. Um, and yeah, the, the ratings that they're getting are solid and they're higher than what they would get on Sky. Yeah, you've got to remember that ITV is a nationally available channel over here. So there's no pay restrictions. Mm -hmm. We've got like five main channels that everyone has and that ITV's you know the second largest of those. Uh, as soon and as all you, the freebie channels. Yeah. As soon as you Dave. put it, my nan doesn't have the freeview channels. Uh, as soon as you put it on a Sky or a BT Sport, you cut your potential audience probably by, well, with Sky, I think it's only 30% of people have Sky compared and, to... And even then, of that 30%, who's got Sky Sports as well yes. on top of that? Because you've got to, not only have you got to pay for Sky, you've then got to pay extra to get Sky Sports. Mm. So it will probably be a relationship with a BT Sport or a Sky Sports would make them more money because they pay more for those exclusive rights fees. But the benefit of ITV, which is hugely important in the growth era, is more eyeballs. Yeah. They want to come over to the UK. That's why Impact was so successful for so many years in the UK, because they were on free-to-air television over here. And you've got to remember as well that um, before they went to BT, WWE were trying to get on ITV. Mm. Like That was their aim. That's where they wanted to be. But of gone in a different direction. Right, well, let's get into oh, the... Before we do, oh. I've, got the, I've got the result oh, please, of the yes. poll. So please, let's see what yeah. you guys thought. Uh, 8.3 thousand votes. Nice. 44%. Four out of five. AEW-some. Mm. Uh, middle of the Roads got 24%. And All Elite, a 5 out of 5, got 20%. Wow. So definitely skews upwards. Very skews upwards. I think people It's a very crowd-pleasing episode. Yeah. Well. People vote What the Buck, which is the lowest rating, because it's so funny, I think. Because <laughs> yeah. that's got 8%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this was far from a... Like, I can't even fathom a mindset that would think this was a 1 yeah. out of 5 show. Yeah, you, you can't even. Can't, I can't even. Cannot even. Cannot even. Uh, but you know what they say? No lemon, no, no melon. melon. It's a very, very famous phrase. Uh, <laughs> so, no, the show no opened. <laughs> no melon, no lemon. No melon, no lemon, no melon. Oh, sorry, you're right. No lemon, no melon. It's a well-known phrase uh -huh. that means if you want if you want the rainbow, you've got to put up with the rain. Yeah. That's a Dolly Parton quote. If you want the sweetness of a melon... Got to have that bitterness of a lemon. Yeah. you got to, you got to put in the hard work to get the fruits. Mm. The fruits. 
The grapefruits. No pain, no gain. Mm. A quote that until two years ago, I'm ashamed to say, I thought was no pain, no game. Oh, interesting. Like a board yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just quietly <laughs> stopped <laughs> Um, What's that thing that Adam and Joe used to do? Uh, yeah. They used to do about that. My favourite one of that was when someone uh, said a, a very untidy room, which is like, God, this looks like a bombsy tit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's slightly misheard phrases. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they had a name, didn't they? Uh, I I always remember someone someone was like confused about how to put something together, and the other person said, "Come on, love, it's not rocket surgery." <laughs> <laughs> I can't laugh too much. I've been very guilty yeah, in the yeah, past. Yeah. I remember once in a, our old movie podcast, he said, like, I don't want this to sound like bitter fruits. <laughs> a bitter fruit. <laughs> bitter fruits. Anyway, no lemon, no, no, no melon. Uh, we <laughs> opened with the recap package of the last year that we've already covered. And then we open with Taz on commentary because yeah. Skiavani is on assignment. I really, mm. I thought the intro, I thought the setup for this was such an interesting mm. episode of of AEW's world. It reminded me of when NXT first used to leave full sale, yeah. and they used to be in these weird buildings. And they would have this really weird, almost like theatrical stage where the entrance ramp was. And then they had to walk down these little flights of steps to get to the ring. And I always thought, like, wow, it just looks so interesting because it's so different. And I had the same thing with this episode here. Where I was like, I love this because it doesn't look like every episode of Dynamite we've seen up until yeah. now. It feels like a, a super special one, like an old MSG show. Yeah, that. Well, yeah, I got that vibe, like uh, you know, the early days of Raw were in the yeah, in, oh, which was in which was in uh, MSG, the Manhattan Center, yeah. And it had the Ico Pro. Yeah, thing. he didn't have the Ico Pro, but directly opposite the hard cam was the name of the venue, Daly's Palace. Yeah. And it was done in this sort of neon thing. You didn't have a stand there. It looked, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. It's like what it reminded me most of was when you go, when you bought uh, an old video game and you would cycle through the different arenas and setups. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is a weird one. I'm going to wrestle here. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looked great. It had the very short entrance way, didn't have the big mm-hmm. extravagant entrance. I liked it. Felt, felt, it looked small. You cannot deny it looked yeah. small. But. It did not look low rent. No. And it sounded big. Yeah. So the the atmosphere was great. It's it seemed like and you know, if they could run a larger venue, they would have totally run a larger venue. So that I'm not saying that they can't do that. But it felt if you didn't know anything about it, it felt like that was a conscious choice as opposed to, oh, we can't run a big venue this week. Completely I agree, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked it too. Uh, we opened with the Fighter Fest rematch that mm. we spoke about earlier. Darby Allen versus Cody. Uh, Darby Allen came out, excuse me, uh, with a guy in a mask who I'm going to presume is from the band that do the song for Darby Allen. Yeah. They probably said and I missed it. Uh, and then Cody comes out with his new enforcer, if you will, Double A, Arn Anderson, playing this new coach role. And it had, they're calling him the head coach of the Nightmare Family. And I loved this match. But low-key, my favorite moment was towards the start of the match when Cody and Allen had this sort of like feeling out process and did a lot sort of moves. And Cody just goes across to the ropes and Arn Anderson is giving him advice but puts a piece of paper in front of his mouth so that Allen and the cameras can't see the advice that he's giving him. It's the tiniest detail, but we see it time and time again with Cody. It's those tiny details that yeah. enhance him so much more. Just like... The wrapping the scarf. I always think this is one of the best things in wrestling last year. <laughs> wrapping the scarf around his hand to punch through yeah. to the inner circle. And it, this this was similar. It's just so well thought out. 
I would never have thought of this in a million years. And he does it. And I'm just like, mm. But I think my only criticism I would have against it is that it almost feels like it's too soon to be doing this for Cody. Like it needed to be, it needs to be Wardlow was an issue. So he's brought out his own enforcer. But really, like, this doesn't uh, feel yeah. like this was like, there was no, there was no storyline reason for Arn to be there other than we've just now decided that Arn is, is the coach. Yeah, it was a bit, again, it's soft reset. Kind of. yeah. Well, we didn't even talk about actually another thing that's been reset is the win-loss records. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, think they're, I think they're reset next next week. Yeah, mm. it's like the official resets. Um, but the yeah, I I would have I guess for a storyline justification, which this definitely did lack, you want to have Cody on a bit more of a losing streak, or just yeah. just egg up a bit more the whole thing where he hasn't got anyone around him anymore. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, but that's undermined by but him the, celebrating with, with everyone the at the end. At the end so yeah. I, I but w- the way to get here has been clumsy, mm-hmm. but. It's a it's a dynamite act. Very, very nice. It's also worth pointing out as well is that while win loss records have been reset, or I think they are being reset next week, um, lifetime still counts. So mm. the, the way they've said it is that the results you've got at the moment will continue into next year. Good. But your 2020 is going to be zero zero. That's nice. So you're going to have lifetime and year records. I think that's the way to do it. Otherwise, they become a hindrance as opposed to something you can genuinely used to tell Completely, stories. Yeah. But this was a, a terrific oh, match. Like, these two... <clears throat> it is it, weird because they've had two matches in AEW, but it feels like they've had 20,000 yeah. matches, and it's like, oh, these two know each other so well. In a good way, not a Dolph Ziggler, Kofi yeah. Kingston way. <laughs> exactly. Well, I was going to say a Charlotte Natalia way. Yeah, yeah, that one. Which we got on Raw, remarkably. <laughs> um, I, I, but I just... They work together so well. You're like, God, these two know each other like the back of their hands. Like, it is just incredible watching them do their series of reversals their series of near falls their sequences were just absolutely terrific i'd love to see how cody puts a match together backstage these days because there's so much detail that goes into these things that it was pretty much based around darby working over cody's shoulder yeah and it's difficult because you've got a a baby face versus baby face match and darby at one point exposed the top turnbuckle looks like he's going to cheat crowd booed him yeah that's how over cody is as a baby face oh yeah uh but it was really well worked really nice story just super super solid stuff love this everyone looks better than when they entered it yeah i love the callback to the fighter fest match when alan's setting up to hit the coffin drop cody rolls to the apron and alan hits the coffin drop only this time he actually does manage to hit it Mm. and i I thought that was a really nice callback but I particularly loved the finish of yeah. this match because Cody's down. Allen gets up for the coffin drop. Arn gets up onto the apron, not to interfere, but yells at Cody, knees up. And so Cody, hearing that, gets the knees up because he knows that something's coming. And he hits Allen like, on his knees from the coffin drop and then rolls him up to get the win. Yeah. It was all down to Arn. There, there are, and there's so much about that that works. Darby wasn't distracted. Mm-hmm. Because he had his back to him by the very nature of the coffin drop. The referee wasn't looking at Arn. This was not heel interference. But This was he, a coach. Yeah, he was up on the apron. You know, it was it's so well thought out. Yeah. Uh, and yet just so, shortly before that, Derby had also kicked out of a sick crossroads. Oh, it was great, yeah. Like, I think that's what the second best crossroads I've ever seen behind the way Seth Rollins used to take it. Yeah. Uh, so I... Really, really good stuff. Really great stuff. Uh, then backstage, we got SCU telling an interviewer. What's Jen her Decker. name? Jen Decker, sorry. She was dressed up for prom. Yeah, it was a very, very fancy affair, yeah. apparently. 
Um, but she was talking about how um, Skyward Dead said that the Dark Order wants to step up to them, but no one really likes spooky perverts. <laughs> that was a funny line. And then Sammy Guevara walks up to kind of make fun of you and say, hey, you're, you've got a championship. You've got a championship in reference to Sky and Kazarian. But Christopher Daniels, you've got nothing. In fact, yeah. you haven't even got it anymore. So that's set up a match for next week. It's Christopher Daniels versus Sammy to show that Christopher Daniels has still got it. And that follows on from that Penta match that he was injured, uh, kayfabe injured, of course. I, I'm, I'm interested at where Daniels is going because he, he's another master storyteller. Yeah. So this, this is going to have a payoff, and you've got to think. Fallen Angel. Fallen Angel, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and some great stuff at the end as well. Sammy's vlog and everything. Daniels, just before he walks off, licks his thumb and smudges the screen. Sammy's like... Oh, this was a Christmas present. <laughs> and he tries to wipe it on Decker's dress. Okay. Yeah, he's great. Uh, up next, we had a fatal four-way for the AEW Women's Championship. This was supposed to be Riho versus Chris Statlander, which was set up on the final episode of AEW Dynamite uh, in 2019. But she was double booked for bar wrestling, I believe, a match with Giselle Shaw. So AEW took the road of... No, no, the Indies had her first. We could big league them hmm. and play the, no, 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 we're going to take away from this because we're the biggest show and we need her for national television. But they took the road of being like, nope, you booked her first. We made an error. You, you know, you got you to honor your booking. Is one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is just like how many people are running this company? Did like not one person, hmm. Chris Statlander in particular, and anyone working around and be like, oh, actually, I'm already booked for that date. Shared Google Calendar. Yeah, it's an it, easy fix. It it does seem like a massive oversight that a, this company didn't know that she was double booked or she was already booked for a show on a date. And they spent like two weeks promoting mm. there's going to be a title match on this date, on the, on the 1st of January 2020. We're going to have a world title match and we're going to do this match to set it up. It's two weeks worth of booking that no one said, like, actually, no, Chris is already being promoted for this other show. I'm not saying that AEW are putting their women's division like beneath everything else. I'm not saying that. <laughs> the evidence would suggest otherwise. <laughs> but, yeah, it just, like, the, there's so many times where it just looks like you don't care about the women's wrestling as much as you keep saying you do. And, that, and we criticised WWE for that for years. Then keep on saying women's wrestling, women's evolution as a PR device, and then not back it up. And although this isn't as cynical and bad as that, AEW did base a lot of their launch material around being a leader in women's wrestling. And then week after week, they've either shortchanged it or had things like this. So or they, I, they put the title on Riho, even though she's got the next two months worth of stardom, yeah. like shows to do. So you can't have the champion on TV for a month. It's very badly thought out. Yeah. And I, it, it just made this match feel, again, haphazard, thrown together. I like the match. Really like the match. I really like the match, but it's just... There's only so many cuts, you know, like thousand death by a thousand cuts that you can take before people do start going, you know what, actually maybe AEW don't really care about their women's division. I just think it is nuts that this is the first time we've seen Riho in action since Full Gear. Yeah, like yeah, the Full Gear well. feels like a long old time ago. Mm -hmm. And that match against Emi Sakura felt like it was really thrown together at the last minute. There was no story going into that it was match. On the go home show. Yeah. And so it just feels like it's and I think Riho being off TV has really hurt her fan appeal 
because there was a period when she won the belt first yeah. off she was getting really big reactions she was coming out when her music would hit the crowd would really pop because it's quite like a big sort of pulsing music mm. she felt like the least over person in this match and Britt Baker was in this match <laughs> <laughs> and you look at like the past few weeks where we've had Big Swole and Chris Statlander mm. and Shana, and it Shana, just yeah. and it just feels like there are actually a long list of women now that are more over than Riho is and she shouldn't have the title anymore and the evidence in this match, the crowd were popping big when Hikaru Shida was getting near falls, but didn't pop when Riho retained. Yeah, I, I left this match thinking that I want to see Rose Shida. I thought they worked really well together. Yeah. Say what you will about Nyla Rose, but the, when I've seen her before, she has been green in some parts. I thought she maybe it was just the way that the match was laid out. If she was, you know, really showcased her strengths. And that's what you've got to do for, for big monster people like this. And I thought she was excellent. Like yeah, I the way she, was really she looked, she oozed charisma. The stuff putting her putting Sheeta through the table with the splash on the outside, yeah. missing that swanton. Oh yeah. I, she, I thought Rose looked great. I thought Sheeta has really got something. She's so good. Yeah. Baker just isn't connecting. Um, the, the the only real reason she's getting this is because there's the fun dentist. Thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's, other than that, there's nothing really that I've seen that differentiates her or puts her above people like B Priestley or, yeah. or Shanna. Or I Statlander. feel like, I was thinking about this this morning, Britt Baker is the 2019 Seth Rollins of AEW, of someone who oh, is like not that bad. pushed down as like, oh, she, the, she's the real crowd favourite. But actually, the crowd <laughs> aren't really getting to her. And she's like, yeah, she doesn't feel cool, mm. even yeah. though they keep telling us that she is. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a really, really fun match, mostly spots, but... It ended with Rio getting a surprise roll-up bridge on Baker to yeah. retain, which the crowd didn't. Yeah, they like you said, they didn't really pop for. I think they, they won. I actually thought Shida was going to pick up the win here. Mm. I looked at this match. I was like, a month off TV has killed this Rio experiment. We need to go in a different direction. I've got to wonder if Statland is going to pick up the win next week yeah, and win maybe. the title. I mean, I think that would be very early. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I would, I would save that for a revolution and really build up Statlander. It's going to be a good match, though. The size difference is insane. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then after the match, Nyla Rose beat up Rio and hit a second rope splash through her on the table. Which, again, which is why I think that Chris might pick up the win next week because mm-hmm. Rio's going to be going into that match hurt. I do think it's funny as well, if I was to be super nitpicky and critical of this, as, as more than we already sort of have, but that's a super nitpicky thing. They did really put over, it was like, that's the first time we've seen Nyla Rose since she's been suspended. And I'm like, yeah, she's walked right into a title match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what punishment? Uh, then we got Alex Marvez, he's still around, interviewing Joey Janela backstage. But he can't answer because Penelope Ford low blows him. Penelope Ford. Penelope and Kip Sabian and her just walk off laughing. Yeah, so they are uh, doing the Joey Janela Kip Sabian feud, which means that effectively, I guess we've stopped the uh, uh, Joey Janela Sean Spears yeah. feud, yeah. Uh, or maybe that can go on still as well. Sean fights. Spears is transitioning into the tag division. That's true, yeah. Uh, I th- which, you know, it's got to be something there with Sean, Tully, Cody, Arn. Yeah. They, they had that interaction before, didn't they? They did it all out, yeah. yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. So we got an evil Uno promo from the Dark Order saying that the elite has fallen and we'll soon, soon see the true reach of the Dark Order, essentially. Mm. Uh, teasing that mystery member that we talked about on the uh, the final episode of 2019. Yeah, like, but 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 a like he was answering to someone. Yeah, which is yes, I suppose is almost a different way of looking at it. Yeah, 
So, like, is there someone that is above Eva Luno in the pecking order? And I've seen a few people say this because a, a few people in the comments have been like, oh, I hope it's Marty. Like, I hope Marty is revealed as the leader of the Dark Order. But for me, A, personally, if we're going to bring in Marty in the same way if you're going to bring in Brody Lee, I want to see them as singles, guys. I'd, I've, we've seen them in groups. Like, I'd rather see them have a singles run. Mm. But B, we've already got a leader in, in Evil Uno. Like, it'd yeah. be really weird if it turns out Evil Uno is not the leader of the Dark Order because he's very much been established <laughs> that he's the leader of this group. Yeah. Like, imagine if someone else came in as the leader of the Wyatt family. Like, that... that Liv uh, Morgan! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it completely makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It just makes I sense. I mean, they've set it up for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you dick. Um, <laughs> right, up next we had Trent Beretta, or just Trent, uh, versus Gian Boxley. Crowd uh, was super hot for Marx. I've, so, best friends come out. They get a big pop because, yeah. you know, Orange Cassidy is coming. <laughs> and then Cassidy walks out, bigger pop. And I'm like, man, Cassidy's over. You know what? The best friends are getting a real good rub out of this act. Like, it's always good to see him. Trent, in particular, I think. He's really good. I think he's going to have a good year. Yeah. Like, he's he's just consistently putting in these very, very good wrestling matches. I, I'm, I'm really liking him. But then John Moxley came out. I was like, oh, yeah, you do this to me every time. <laughs> this this is what being over is. This is a superstar <laughs> reaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, Justin Roberts is, it's getting longer, isn't it's, it? Oh, he is. I feel like he's doing it to rib me now. Like, he's doing it just to go longer. I, I want him to go longer. I think that the longer it goes, the more of a part of the act it is. And it's not undermining it. It's not making it a comical entrance. No. Ja, it just It just makes it feel bigger. It's really good. It's yeah. a really fun presentation. I love the way he's still he's walking out through the crowd, and because of the like kind of like bizarre setup they had, mm. it felt even more. Felt almost like actually the uh, the G one match against against Ishii, which was in that really weird building that mm. they wrestle in, um, and New Japan do. And I thought that this match, I was a bit concerned that this match was going to be too one sided because they're really pushing Moxley, particularly because he's had those very quick wins um, against one of the members of the Dark Order. Yeah. Um, so I was a bit concerned they might do this very quickly. But especially they... with the, the angle. Like, there was a storyline thing he That's was going to exactly, reveal yeah. if he's going to join the inner circle afterwards. Because, uh, because Trent had those wins over Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix on Dark, which led to you know, a very short-lived storyline on, on Dynamite. I was a bit concerned for Trent, but it was a very back-and-forth match, and it really, really put over Trent yeah. in, in, in defeat. I, I thought Trent was excellent here. Yeah. Um, and Moxley continues to prove to me I, I i thought i just assumed i was a fan of moxley's character as opposed to his in-ring wrestling because ambrose never really excited me in the ring either oh, i'm just i'm wrong yeah. he's he's so good yeah. in and out of the ring and he, he made trent look amazing trent made trent look amazing mm -hmm. I, and, and moxley didn't lose anything for it. it it was a really solid match and any other week i would say actually this was my low-key sleeper hit match but Every match on this show was excellent. Yeah, particularly loved Orange Cassidy getting in the ring. Crowd popped massively for the hands in the pockets. Moxley just looks at this, does it himself. The crowd go even more bonkers for it. And I'm like, I actually would really like to see Moxley Cassidy. I know, right? <laughs> uh, also, the, uh, I mean, this was the first spot of the match. It was like a little uh, exchange thing. Trent goes for a shoulder tackle. And Moxley didn't bump for it. He just went back. You know, it's sort of... Yeah, little that sh oh, shimmy he does. I just, I just, he's so cool. And the paradigm shift that he hit to win the match on yeah. Trent was awesome. Yeah. Like, kept him up there for ages. It was like a big show choke slam. <laughs> yeah. 
So the finish was that Trent was on top after the sort of Orange Cassidy thing, and he was going. Uh, Mox kind of went onto the apron, which, mm. which was a, the rampway that they've got, and. Trent went to dive off the top rope onto this, but Moxley caught him with a kick, hit the paradigm shift on the apron, uh, in the on the ramp rather, rolled him back into the ring for the second paradigm shift to pick up the win. Yeah. So it was a really cool finish. Put over Mox, put over Trent. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, and I hate it when wrestlers do that, where they hit the finish on the outside, push them in, and then go for the pin. I'm like all the recovery time there. Yeah. Just hit them with another finisher. So Mox has got, he's so credible. He's so believable and credible. Yeah. And that's a huge part of his appeal. Completely. But we've got an angle to have. Yep. I would say this is one of the slight missteps of this episode, just because they really pushed Moxley giving his answer of whether he'll join the inner circle hard. And I think ideally you want Chris Jericho to be there in the building for that. Yeah. But Chris Jericho was never going to be there because he's at Wrestle Kingdom this weekend. So... Interestingly, so is Moxley. Yeah, so they... (laughs) Is one the night... No, Jericho's on the the second night. So I I don't know why Jericho wasn't there. Or why they didn't just do that angle now. Yeah. yeah, Because they they promoted that as a... It's not the worst thing in the world, but WWE do it a lot where they promote something and then they'll kick it into the long grass. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I it, it was that that caught me by surprise that they didn't pay off on it because Moxley, after Jericho appears on the screen, offers him 49% of the inner circle. Yeah. Like- a wonderful... Just that, he just needs that controlling stake. Yeah, and like they've all pitched in to buy him this lovely car, which has got a Moxa name uh, license plate on it, which the crowd pop bid for because it was Florida plates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was the... outside the Jaguar Stadium. Yeah, so I, I thought it was you know there's a lot of nice touches in this, but Moxley says you know I've always considered Jericho a friend and a mentor, so out of respect. I'll tell Jericho in person next week if I accept his offer or not, which the crowd booed. Yeah, because everyone was expecting the answer now. Yeah, and. I, I know I just spent ages talking about how good Moxley is and how believable he was. The line he gave and the way he delivered it entered plug mode. Mm. And you don't want Moxley to be... Pl- he like The line was effectively, and it, it, w- it was as transparent as this, uh, out of respect for Jericho, I'll deliver the answer face-to-face on next week's Dynamite. The whole world will find out live on Dynamite next week. You know, really hammering home... Next, next week. And, you you know, like, good. Make people excited about the next episode. Get your commentators to do that. Yeah. Don't, don't retrofit that dialogue into Moxley's voice because it will just come across as hokey. And I, he, he, he delivered it badly. Mm. He didn't deliver it like he believed it. So I was, yeah, I, I didn't think that was good. And the crowd booed. Yeah. Yeah, the crowd do boo because they had been told when they got their tickets we were going to get the answer this week, mm. you know, on the Jacksonville show. As part of this all, though, Sammy Guevara had walked through the crowd to set up the, the offer. Uh, and we he, were unsure. We're unsure, but we think we know who had the sign. Because we had an email from someone mm. who said they were going to be in that, almost in the front row area, if not by rings, uh, by the entranceway. And they were going to take a support wrestle talk sign. Someone had a sign with our branding on it that said support wrestling talk, which really made me laugh. Because yeah. be- Sammy was in the ring. So I just thought it was a really nice... A very fun in-joke in for everyone who watches this channel to get. Um, so I, I, we think we know who that was. We think it was yeah. Nate Drop's surname, but it might have been someone else. Yeah, correct us if, if we're wrong. But Please. thank you, Nate Drop's surname, if it was you. Yeah. Or thank you, whoever else it was, if it was you. Whoever it was, thank you so much. Uh, but Sammy stayed in the ring, Guevara. He didn't have a, 
a, a physical altercation with uh, Moxley because he's got a match with Dustin Rhodes after sort of a blood feud thing going on there. Brilliantly, through that ad break, which is shrink screen, remember, um, Sammy stayed on screen doing a sort of Bob Dylan-like, here's a load of placards, you can read what I'm. You can read my promo. It's hilarious. You went Bob Dylan. I went Love Actually. Did uh, oh yeah. yeah, that works as well. Because they did it on the. I, I feel like this is Sammy's new gimmick now because he also did this on the final episode of 2019 when he was standing next, like before Jericho was doing his promo of a Jungle Boy. He was doing like mm. the Love Actually placards during oh, the shrink screen. So like, is that then? tell people. So I wonder if that is his new deal. He uh, at one point he asked for Victoria Justice's sister uh, <laughs> to to hit him up yeah. on Instagram and he put his Instagram details and you know i had to do because we're professionals here i had to google who that was <laughs> i have no idea who is victoria justice so, uh, victoria justice is some kind of uh actress i think i think she used to be on a disney show but victoria justice's sister is just as pretty i'm assuming she has a name i don't know <laughs> Just ty- i literally typed in victoria Dave- uh, justice's sister. victoria davis which is a bit of a Freudian job there. <laughs> sorry mum <laughs> Uh, but then we came back straight into Dustin versus Sammy. Hey, how does he keep doing it? Dustin Rhodes is amazing. It's you realize how good Dustin is because Cody does like the snap power slam, mm. and it's good. <clears throat> but then you see Dustin do it, you're like, ah, oh, that's how it's done. Yeah, his snap power slam is so crisp. It's all in the sexy hips. It's just a faultless bit of wrestling, and this was I, I described it in my review: solid professional wrestling. Oh, yeah, and because Dustin Rhodes is that sort of old-school guy who really, really invests in the believability and, you know, working punches properly, making sure they... You just did a Canadian destroyer on the apron for a near fall. Yeah, for a setup move. <laughs> Look, it's 2020, and I'm sure a lot of you kids these days, you Gen Zers, just think it's a transi- transitional move. I'm not there yet. The Canadian destroyer is a finisher... Especially if it's on the apron. All right, Jim Cornette. I know. Is it old man I yells know. at clouds? You're going to be angry about those uh, two young kids as well who had that, who, who had a fun wrestling match that apparently everyone had a, a fit Don't over. Get me started. <laughs> so, so, anyway, uh, I've been peak indie. <laughs> damn indie promotion. Uh, Dustin went for the Shattered Dreams, which is a low blow. It's an illegal move. The referee stopped it from happening, but Hager was down at ringside distracting him. So Hager ran in, hit the low blow, and Sammy got the win. Ironically, hit him with a low blow Mm -hmm. because that's what Dustin was going to do to Sammy. I thought it was a nice bit of uh, symmetry there. Yeah, and to allow Sammy to get the win. Um, So that continues the Hager-Dustin feud. They were really putting over that Hager was the man that broke his arm. So, Which is, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that's always been the feud. Weirdly, they've kind of diverted away yeah, from that. Yeah, it's, it's weird that they have, yeah. Uh, we got a private party interview in the in a hotel bar in there, where yeah. Hangman Page was as the bartender. Yep. He's drinking. He is drinking. He's been drinking all night. Uh, he said he can beat both their asses. Yep. He said they were worried about him, but that set up the match for next week. Yes. Uh, then we've got MJF coming out for a promo. They recapped full gear and they, they, the heel turn, the ball kick heard around the world. Uh, I like the sign that said MJF only tips 5%. Um, and MJFP sitting down. But I will, um, I'm actually going to say that MJF only tipping 5% is a good thing because restaurants <laughs> should just pay their staff more. Don't expect me to pay your staff. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm really into naff signs right now. <laughs> yeah. And these were two very good ones. Um, and I love the line he said if your hands weren't <laughs> shoved up your asses so much, you'd see S word clearly. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, MJF is a great promo, surprise, surprise. But he was out there with Wardlow to give three stipulations, which is when he'll he'll finally face Cody. First, you cannot touch me. Yeah. So up that, until now in Revolution, it's a nice way to keep them apart. Uh, the second one was he'll have to fight Wardlow first in Wardlow's debut match in a solid steel cage. Oh yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No liquid solid. No, <laughs> no liquid steel cage. I was trying to work out a Metal Gear Solid joke, but I just said the words wrong. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to get Wardlow's first match. I'm assuming the case stipulation is so Cody can escape and Wardlow doesn't have to take a pin. Yeah. Um, as a yeah. way to possibly protect him there. Um, what but- sort of cage do you think they'll have? Go full 80s, big, big bar? I think it's going to be a big bar cage. Yeah, because we haven't seen a cage match in AEW. I was yet. thinking that, yeah. When they said cage match, that made me think, that's quite a big deal, actually. I, I got excited, yeah. 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 And, kinkily, uh, MGF wants to whip him on live television. Not one. Not, not two. two. And he kept on going up. I was like, okay, so it's going to be like 40. And he said, not eight, not nine. Ten times. I was like... Okay, I'm desensitized to violence, aren't I? <laughs> I've 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 seen uh oh God, I can't remember the name of the film now. Twelve Years a Slave. <laughs> People get whipped loads more in that. So this is like so they've set this up to be like, oh my god, like Cody's gonna be whipped live on television, the leather's gonna rip the skin off him. And I'm sure because it's Cody, it is going to leave some scars and do a lot of damage and it's gonna be brutal. But as soon as he started talking about whipping people, my mind instantly went to the 1980s Master of the Universe movie with Dolph Lundgren when he's getting whipped by that laser thing and it just looks really homoerotic and really kinky <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a very kinky part of television. I, I think it'll be good. I, you know, trusting Cody. I trust This is Cody. very 80s. It's yeah. totally his wheelhouse. I, my mind, interestingly enough, went to Tommy Dreamer getting whipped by Raven. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah the Sandman. Sandman, the, the, sorry. The, yeah, the caning, yeah. yeah, when he turns around and goes, please, sir, can I have another? And I think Cody, you know, like, will take these whips and he'll just turn around and get right in MJF's yeah. face. MJF will be scared, but you can't touch me. I'm excited to see where this goes. I think it's got a lot of potential. After that, we had Jungle Express. Do- Jurassic Express. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Jurassic Express do a, a recap of the Jericho stuff. Uh and, you know, our boy Luchasaurus is in there. Yep. Do you want to try and do the Luchasaurus promo? Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of sound mixing troubles uh, for the next couple of segments <laughs> where they just played music. Yeah. So Marco's stunt tried to hug Decker. Yeah. Like he was a zombie. Him, I pulls uh, him backwards. It is when he is standing next to Luchasaurus in Jungle Boy that you realize how short Marco's mm. stunt is. Uh, and Jim uh, Cornette's favorite wrestler. We had Rio backstage uh, that didn't even get a word out because Britt Baker interrupted. Uh, there was music playing too loudly to really hear what she was saying. She said something about having a dental practice on the side. Well, okay, so Baker's promo here, which is where I got the Seth Rollins thing of like, it's the, you're being pushed as a baby face, but no one's connected with you, so you almost turn heel. Um, because her promo was, you're never here. Mm. And I'm here every week busting my ass. Yeah, I'm yeah. here making this women's division. <laughs> I've got a dental practice on the side, but I'm making time to come here and make AEW the best it can be. Where have you been? It's totally... Seth versus Brock. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that, that makes a lot more sense now, that comparison. What didn't make sense to me, and please correct me if I've missed it because I haven't been keeping up with wrestling as much as I usually do over the last week. Michael Nakazawa was kidnapped by Pac, and he, he was in the background and then translated for Rio. Yeah. There was no follow-up on the pack. There was thing. no follow-up because Pat kidnapped him, said th- I'm going to do something okay. horrible so to I him. I think they did something on Dark. 
I would have liked that to have been recapped because I was really invested in that storyline. Well, there's a lot of stuff that they do on Dark that should really be recapped on AEW Dynamite. Because but they started off on Dynamite. I know, but my, I was going to say, my point is, if you put it on Dynamite, it might make people go and watch the YouTube show. It's what we always said about uh, the WWE Networks. Like, show NXT on, uh, you know, segments of NXT on Raw. Like, yeah. uh, you know, hype packages and stuff because it might make people buy the network. Um, and then it was the main event. But interestingly, just before that, they ran down next week's episode. They, you know, lots of exciting matches. Rhodes Brothers versus the Lucha Bros. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. Yes, please. The Statlander-Rio match. It's a stacked card. Mm -hmm. But also, because it's in Memphis, it's going to be a Legends of Memphis wrestling theme. How do you do that when Jerry Lawler is under contract with WWE? So is Jeff. Yeah, good point. Yeah, like a lot of the oh, big... Oh, Jerry will be there then. Oh, Jerry, Jerry. Jerry. I'd imagine Jerry. Dutch Mantel. Like, they'll have something. For, this is a title JR thing. Because JR's done this before in WWF. Like, yeah. Back in the Attitude yeah. Era, they had... There was a, I can't remember which pay-per-view it was. It was a Royal... Was it Royal Rumble? No, it wasn't a... I don't think it was a Rumble. I, swear I can't remember which pay-per-view it was, but it was like in 98 or 99. We watched it. No. Ah, yes. They did it twice then. It, I was thinking of a different show. I think it was Royal Rumble 2000. And I think they were in St. Louis or something. And they had like mm. the legends of St. Louis wrestling yeah, yeah, yeah. out there because they had the Fashans out to do it. And that was all JR's idea. So this felt, this really feels like a, a, a JR idea to celebrate the, the legends of Memphis wrestling. Totally, totally. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to it though. I think yeah. it'll be quite fun. Uh, but uh, yes, overall, I thought it was a cracking episode of AEW. Loved it. I'd give it a four out of five. Solid yeah. four out of five. I'd give it a high four out of five because yeah. I really enjoyed the in week, uh, the in ring, the in week, in week. Let's say it again. Got this. In got this. ring wrestling. So how was your Christmas, mate? Yeah, it was great. Uh, really, really nice. I got a sourdough making kit, which I had the first punt at. Uh, on New Year's Day, so literally yesterday. So the the bresh, the bread is not fresh, but the wound is. <laughs> uh, because I actually ruined a baking tin. Mm. I, I managed to bake something so hideously deformed and hard that we cannot scrape it off the baking tin. Oh, dear. Two dishwasher cycles that thing went through. Oh. And me scrubbing with a metal scourer. It's in the bin. Oh, I just so I also got uh, the how to to live plastic free book as well. Very nice passive aggressive present from my lady partner, and that's made me very conscious. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think as what the book's intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's not like I'm I'm going to become a zealot or anything. Although I probably should, but the I just assumed I was pretty good anyway. So I, I was had this very wonderful ignorance cape, mm. but now that has been ripped from me. And all I can see is plastic everywhere. Oh, yeah. And it really is. Everywhere. So yeah. now anything I waste, I feel like a piece of crap. But long term, when I'm baking my own sourdough loaves, and that's not coming <laughs> from the co-op in their plastic wrappers, who's going to win? I just might have to get through quite a lot of resource-intensive <laughs> baking trays first. I... Uh, on that plastic subject, mm. we're trying not to get tea bags now because they've got uh, microplastics in them. Oh, have they? They okay. have, yeah. Because it's sealed. Yes. The bags themselves, but the sealing. Yeah, yes. yeah. So we're trying not to use tea bags anymore. So for Christmas, my wife, via my parents, got me um, Yorkshire tea, loose leaf, Ooh. and a tea strainer. Nice. So I haven't, I haven't tested it out yet. I'm going to test it out at the weekend, see how I get on with my first non-tea bag cup of tea. 
Well, that was my present to my lady partner. It was uh, the little teapot. I, was yeah. little teapot. How did it go down? Bloody amazing. Uh, I'm using it a lot as well because it's perfect for two cups. But what, but what, more, what I meant was, how did she react? Oh, yeah, she loved it. Yeah. Uh, and she was like happy. And th- but she what you know, when someone they're very happy and I'm sure they totally get the, the sentiment and story behind it. But you haven't said it out loud. So mm. I'm just going to start talking at you why this means so much to you, yeah, which yeah. is what I did. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, we watched that episode of The Office together quite recently. Yeah, I think my lady partner, or my wife rather, did this when she made me the table. Oh, tell, tell, tell us about the table. This yeah. is great. Well, I didn't want to introduce a story, yeah. but I, it's, she built me a table by hand with the help of her dad. From her own design, a, a coffee table that's also doubles as a board game mm. table. So you can take the top off of it and it's um, it, it's indented so that you can roll the dice and then it fall off the table. It's got oh, the is that t- the idea? Yeah. It's not. So when you take the lid off, that's not just where you put the games. Yeah, it's where you put the games as well. But it's just like you can just throw the dice as mm. you want and they don't go anywhere. Um, but it's really, really cool and it's really smart and I absolutely loved it. And it folds away so it goes underneath oh, wow. our sofa. That's yeah. the idea of it is that it, it folds away and it can be hidden. Space smart. It's it's very space smart. But I I was so overwhelmed by it, I couldn't really find words. Mm. And so I was just like stunned by it. Also, like her parents got me like this big sort of like ramen kit, essentially, which was like <laughs> full of like various different for that YouTube channel. For that YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> I'm never going to start. And um, so I was just very like overwhelmed by all the gifts. So my wife would constantly be like, do you like the table? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, of course I love the table. And I was texting it to everyone. Like I sent it to my friends and I think I sent it to the group chat and everything. And I sent it to people on Facebook. And my wife was, I was being like, oh, Tom loves it. I was like, mm. oh, Pete loves it. Oh, this and the other. And she kept saying, like, if I want, do you love it? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, of course I love it. So I'm like doing this. She's like, oh, I don't care what you, I don't care that it got yeah. nearly a thousand likes on Twitter. Like, did you like it? <laughs> You'd be like, well, actually, this is really good analytics. <laughs> that we're getting here. This is content. I love the table. The content it's provided <laughs> it's been is top notch. A plus. <laughs> Um, but uh, so she liked the gift then, and she but you had to kind of force the sentimentality out of her. No, no. She, well, <laughs> you, like you, you know, when people get nice gifts and stuff, they tend to go. Sometimes they just shut down yeah. in a state of euphoria, uh, and that can be very ungratifying for the person who has has slaved away or put yeah. a lot of thought into um, those presents. And it was a lot of thought and effort. They they want that that rush of applause right away because mm. they're not doing it for you <laughs> they're doing it to get the reaction back yeah i um i got a wonderful present from my mother um i also got one from my brother but i'm going to tell this story yeah. um so she got me a lovely like a cardigan jumper mm. and it's it's really nice it's a nice brown color and it's really really nice it's super comfy but she said to me it's like oh check the the tag that's inside now, I'm not really a labels guy, so I wasn't. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Didn't really have one, but it had like, this little metal thing that said "Made with Love," Ooh. and that was when my mum told me she had knitted it herself. Whoa! And she's been knitting it for the last few years. Years. Yeah, because when she, so my mum was when she was working freelance, was working in Hereford um, for like a, a local uh, PCT trust, and she started knitting because she was on her own so she's like i'm just gonna take up knitting mm. again so she started working on this jumper <laughs> then with their various house moves have kind of like stopped that and then she finally finished it because she's joined a local knitting group wow. in her community called bitch and stitch <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a very prominent 
a wrestling gear maker in the UK called Stitch Bitch. <laughs> there is. She's probably the lead, the leading one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, my mum made me, handmade me, a That's lovely, incredible. lovely jumper. Wow, what a lucky guy you are this Christmas. A lot of thoughtful gifts. Yeah. Not monetarily expensive, but in terms of time, I, that's, that's mean, better. Isn't I it? thought I did quite bad with Christmas gifts this year as well. Although with the, I, I, we got a very good gift from my dad, but I felt like I kind of let my wife down a little bit. Um, but I got my dad. I'll, I'll quickly tell you this now. Me and my 52. No, well, no, that was, a, that was a birthday present. Oh. I got, me and my brother got from my dad blueprints to build a canoe. <laughs> And we're going to go up for the weekend and build a canoe with my dad, take it down to the River Y, and see how far we get. Wow. Well, that's also content. <laughs> that's also content. But that is all we've got time for on this show. Uh, Laurie and I will be back on the magazine show tomorrow, going through some Wrestle Kingdom predictions, uh, as well as your mailbag questions. And then over the weekend, it is Wrestle Kingdom. Both well, days, we're going to have live streams. Uh, Laurie and Simon are doing day one. Myself and Ollie are doing day two. We might even do a full review uh, Wrestle Talk Live afterwards. We haven't quite figured we out. We haven't quite figured out. I barely know what time it's starting. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.